Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Megan and Lev. Megan is the founder of FounderMade and Lev is the CTO and co-founder of River. Hey guys. Hey. hey. <laughs> They're sharing a mic, but... They're a couple, so I feel like they can make it work, you know. We can definitely make it work. She knows how to direct me. Uh-huh. Well, let's find out why that is. Let's learn a little bit about you guys. So how old are you and where are you from? Do you want to start with Megan? I'm 38, feeling great, and I am from Silicon Valley. Awesome. And I am 37 and from Massachusetts. Very cool. Where in Mass? A little town called Longmeadow. Oh, I've never heard. Maybe I have heard of it. Okay, that's probably why. And I would ask your current relationship status, but I know that you're dating. So, how did you meet? Met at Acme. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make this up, people. So, Megan and Lev met at Acme, but how? So. And how old were you? So I ended up at Acme because... How long ago was it? This was seven years ago? Six, over six years ago. Almost seven years ago. Mm. So I was supposed to go to dinner somewhere else. A friend really wanted to go there. I show up like 10 minutes early. They said, we can't seat you without your friend. Restaurant was completely empty. I said, I'm not, I'm not eating at this restaurant. Let's go somewhere else. He said, I always wanted to go to Acme. So we go to Acme. I see the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my life. I'm telling you, the most beautiful. And I said, I have to go up to this girl. But she's with a guy and a girl. So I think maybe maybe this is her boyfriend. I don't know what's going on. I wait for him to go to the bathroom. I walk up to the t- table. She says, are you in tech? I said, I so am. Before in- you said anything? Before I said anything. Well, also, just, just as a flag, I did not want my my friends to think that I was like staring across the way mm-hmm. like I kind of I, we were, we were I so you wanted your whatever. friends to think that you might have known him from somewhere and I said yes I am in tech but very surprised because we clearly did not know each other and she said I think we've met before huh. and well, that's I also said that was a lie that was I a said a line but but also a lie which is what a line yeah. kind of is anyway <laughs> So I said, I think we should meet again. Mm-hmm. That's good. And and then she gave me a Sunday night. So we like went back and forth. Ooh. She gave me a Sunday Wait, night. Wait, that's I so knew... funny. My friend calls Sunday and Monday night dates graveyard dates. Yeah. Like graveyard nights. 
because it's like it's like already not happening. You I know? knew it's I like, was it's down like the graveyard the of a date for sure. Well, yeah, and also he's like the hottest guy that I'd seen, and I never dated hot guys before, and so I just assumed that he wasn't that smart. So I was. Mm. So second date, she says, "Let's meet at Acme." So we go back to Acme. As so a, you had met at Acme originally, and you wanted to go back. Because it was a block away from where she lived. Right. Okay, that's convenient. And so then... Wait, you she, said I can interrupt, so here I go. Oh yeah. When's your birthday, love? January 17th. Oh, my God. That's everyone's birthday. That's Michelle Obama's birthday. Yes! Yes. And three of my friends... It's, it's a lot of people's birthdays. So you're a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. And Megan, when's your birthday? December 17th. A Sagittarius. Wait, you're both 17th. That's meaningful. We'll go back to it. Okay. So, love, as you are. So, she walks into Acme. Mm-hmm. And she says, just so you know, this is drinks, not dinner. Ooh. Laying down the mm-hmm. law. Mm-hmm. I said, I love drinks. Let's get drinks. Yeah. We ended up sitting there for two and a half hours and getting dinner. And then what? And then she said, will you walk me home? I said, oh, this went really well. Little did you know that home was just a block away. Just a block away. <laughs> and that she was then going to say, okay, bye. Yeah. But it was a, it was a great first but date. But that, I will say, like, kudos to you, Megan, for doing that. Because if anyone ever asked me advice, like, what, how I should end a first date, I say, have them walk you home and go upstairs. Or, like, you can give them a kiss, but then go yeah. upstairs. Like, you don't invite anyone up no. before you know them you know no i was Classy. expecting that but you were used but to that. because of the you're eyes because of the eyes <laughs> we'll just call them the eyes from now the on. eyes <laughs> that's amazing and that was six years ago mm-hmm. so when did you guys make it official going out yeah, I mean, like, you started dating. That, but when, that actually took a while. That took what's Megan a while? A I feel like Megan time. needs to grab the mic here. Okay. So when I met him, I first of all like thought we were really good friends. I like, put pulled the friend card right, yeah. right. So I was like, oh, you know, we're casual, we're friends, the whole thing. But yet I would basically call him every single day, and I would be like, oh, can I come over? Can I hang out? And so that was the thing. And then I, the way we were very casual, she would like. She would go on dates, and then I'd say, you know, call me later. And then we'd see each other even after her dates for a while. So you were friends with benefits? I didn't think. Like, were you were you being sexual, or were no, you No, I was friends? networking. I was networking. Okay. We only speak into the mic. Sorry to be abusive. <laughs> were we being sexual? <laughs> and Well, yeah. I mean, yes. But- oh, you were? Well, let me okay. So, yeah, tell me what your strategy was when you were like, "I want to be friends with this guy." Well, first of all, he he seemed different than everybody else I'd ever met. Mm-hmm. It was, felt like much more of a friendship. Like when I texted him, he would text me right back. Like there was right. just never a. It was never a question of whether we were like whether I could hang out with him or not. And we had and like the things that he would do. Like this is actually a very funny story. Um, I was selling gadgets on QVC, super random. So like one of those like hosts on air. Right. And I am horrible on air sometimes. I'm not just just selling on QVC. 
apparently. And so he would sit there and this was like one of our like first weeks we were dating and he would coach me. He would act like he was the person at on QVC and he would like coach me for like hours. I think it was like three hour sessions. And I remember calling my mom and being like, mom, this guy that I just met, I met him like a week or two ago. He is rehearsing lines like you used to rehearse when I couldn't remember my lines and plays when I was a kid. And it was like, this is the, no one's ever like done, gone the, the distance like that. Mm-hmm. And he, he did. So. And Lev, when you were doing this coaching and going along with this quote unquote friendship, did well, you. Well, I think what she called it was casual. So we were, we were sleeping together at the time. Okay. Just to, Yeah. And so what was your, like, your goal in, in the beginning? Did you have one? I or were you thought kind of just going being with it? casual was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved hanging out with her. The QVC was really fun. Mm-hmm. Also loved sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. And had no problem being in a casual relationship. Were you both seeing other people? So, so I thought that we both were. I thought right. that was what casual meant. Yeah, I mean, it is, <laughs> I think. I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I think your definition of casual is a little different than my definition. Of okay, okay. So I think Megan, Megan, Megan wanted to go on a lot of dates, but she didn't want to see other people, really, I think. So Megan was going on dates with other people, but not sleeping with them. Yeah. And you were doing both. Yeah. I was mostly just, <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning, I was mostly just sleeping with other people. Uh huh. Okay. Hopefully using protection. <laughs> yes. Okay. Absolutely. No, so so part of- miscommunication. So part, but this is that this is goes goes to show you how important it is. The 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 theories on building a company and building a relationship are the same thing because communication is number one. Yeah. Transparency is number. But you don't know that when you first start dating. You right. don't actually understand even you know you're you both are sort of playing like the games and not really not intentionally sometimes intentionally right. But I think you know. Obviously, in order to progress in a relationship and to have something long term, you have to have great communication and transparency, right? Integrity around everything, just like you know, being a good entrepreneur and leader. Well, thank you for that segue because we're going to go back to the relationship beginning, middle, end, and all of that. But because you brought up, you know, starting a company and you both have startups, I would love to hear about how that happened. Were you always an entrepreneur? Were you, Megan? Um, what is River exactly? So River is a search startup. It's in stealth. I can't actually say too much about it. But it's, it's pretty exciting. That sounds exciting. What were you yeah. doing before that you can um, talk about? So I was at Sidewalk Labs, which is mm-hmm. a Google, well, technically Alphabet. So Alphabet has these other bets. Um, and Sidewalk Labs is building smart cities. So I was there for a while before that. Very cool. Yeah. And what about you, Megan? And we met and we were both um, in school. Mm-hmm. So he, we just happened. He was actually getting his master's in computer science, full scholarship. And then I was getting my master's in business school. And we were both at Columbia. So we actually like had the time when we were together for the first couple of years, like wearing our backpacks, meeting, meeting and kissing in the hallways and, you know, going to the computer science lab and then him going to the business school. So it was like, it was, it was like a really interesting time of being like super adult, but then also being still in school. That's really cute. And yeah, so we, what, what, um, I, I actually didn't think I was going to have a startup. I was working after business school. I, uh, was working in venture capital and consulting for some startups and basically started this dinner series called it founder made. And it, it went from just 
being something that I just love doing to turning into like a very large scale platform to help discover consumer brands, help them build and, you know, get get them distribution. So it's fun. And what exactly is Founder Made? Is it like a trade show? It is a combination of that. So it's a combination of like a platform. So we like think about like the the nice like think about CES consumer electronics show if you know right. that that's the biggest yeah. technology one that's what we're building we we do discovery shows for food wellness and beauty so if you have a food startup or a beauty startup and you want a distribution in Sephora or Ulta mm-hmm. um you know you can come to our shows and get the distribution and learn from all the leaders who've built these like billion dollar companies and consumer which is fun that is she, really fun when it started it was like dinners that she was hosting casually right. and it was like within 3 months it was the top of the Gansevoort. There was like standing room only and wow. people couldn't move around and there was 600 people. And then she was like, okay, I have to turn this into a business. That's incredible. How did you get the word out? Like, was it just word of mouth? It's the hustle. It's the hustle. Yeah. It's the start. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like you know, you're building your brand and it's like all of a sudden, you know, you don't realize you started like year one and nobody knows you and you're literally dialing for dollars. You're dialing in to figure out like who's going to support you. And then, you know, now like you're into year three, four. It's it's amazing. We hired someone from TED. We have somebody from Well and Good. So we have like, we're getting these incredible team members now that are building like the next version of what we're, what that's the dream is, awesome. which is I fun. I want to go to one of these You are coming. coming. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see that? She's a, Megan's a connector at a network. She just know she meets people so fast. She becomes best friends with them right away. That's and, one of the best qualities, I would yeah. say, for an entrepreneur. But that brings me to my next question, which is, what is a quality or two that is great for being an entrepreneur, not so great for relationships? We actually might not be the right people to ask because we, I think we <laughs> think that they're perfectly aligned. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we have a theory about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, tell me. I think that it's people who are entrepreneurs can be extremely goal oriented. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can be hard in a relationship sometimes. But I actually think it can be a great thing too. Part of developing a relationship is knowing what you want out of it right? and having goals. And for us, because we're very intense, we have deliverables. Mm-hmm. And we like sit down and have a meeting every week like it's a business meeting. And we say, what are we doing for our relationship this week? What are our goals and deliverables? Right. I love that. That we, sounds very productive. And we, we started writing a book called My Relationships a Startup, MRS. So we have the MRS, like stand-up meetings. Then we have like the one sheet. On MRS docs. Yeah. I, I want to get into this book a little bit. But I guess my question to you is because I'm an entrepreneur and, and my partner isn't, I feel like if I were with someone who was an entrepreneur as well, and who knows, maybe he will be, you know, eventually, but I feel like my attitude is very like I'm the boss because I am the boss. You know what I mean? So how do you decide who's the boss? boss no no that's good that's good no, he's the boss in different ways <laughs> just to be clear just to be very it's very equal clear. boss it is equal bo- it's bossmanship in different areas like he is so great at being incredibly detail oriented you know he takes incredible care of our our female cat named barbara or um, <laughs> our male cat that's sorry amazing. male cat named barbara and he's taught her to sit stand and roll wait you have a, a cat that's a boy named barbara named barbara 
That's incredible. And it sits, stands, and rolls. What, how, where did we have to discuss this? Unpack. Where did where did Barbara the idea for Barbara the male come from? Oh, that Megan came home with a male yeah. cat and said, "This cat's name is Barbara." <laughs> That's and that was that. Well, after my favorite entrepreneurs, Barbara Corcoran, and then I love oh, Barbara Streisand. Shark Tank. Um, okay, amazing. So let's talk about MRS. You're writing a book, which is so exciting. And just like give us, you know, the synopsis. Like, and, and also, what is an MRS meeting that you mentioned? So a lot of times, so one thing I'll say about entrepreneurship, right? A lot of entrepreneurs start out as like, co- like I'm the co-founder of River. And I think it's really important to have, you need weekly meetings to discuss what is it, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. What have we achieved? Did we accomplish our goals from last week? What are our new goals? And part of that, like, you can break a relationship down and say, what is it that we need to be doing to make this relationship great? And some of those things are longer term planning, but also it's like, did we go on a date last week? Was it great? What can we do? What what should we do this week? Who's going to plan it? Right. Right. What else do we do? No, we do. And I I think it's also the quarterly offsites. Like there's like ways. And again, this is just... I think that any like just like any startup that you have like or any any business that you start you you have this vision first of like v1 of what it's supposed to be and then it changes and it continually changes and if you're not right. doing the check-ins just like a relationship it like our we're in year six and we've had to evolve as humans we've had to evolve our life goals and so if you're not constantly if you don't have that time whether it's like 30 minutes or an hour each week where you're actually discussing like issues that may come up that you could that you would normally be fighting about or normally like it's just like a much cleaner way of doing it in an unemotional way and just knowing that we're both on the same page and and like building the dream you know future that we have for our relationship and for our life Mm -hmm. yeah no. and i think relationships and startups often start in a similar way which is you meet someone and something clicks Mm. and you're like let me just go with this right and you don't have a plan and you don't know how it's going to go. And sometimes it fizzles right away, right? Sometimes you don't get along. And sometimes it starts to go really well. And then people just sort of see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that just, everyone knows that doesn't work in business, right? Right. So why would it work in a relationship? Like, right. The thing that makes startups win is that they develop momentum over time. And they do it because they think about what's working and what's not working and how to make And they're open better. to criticism, yeah. of, especially of what isn't working. Right. What is something, if you guys are comfortable sharing, that you guys had an MRS meeting about, like recently or when you first started, that really helped your relationship? Well... I can't think of anything right now because mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that we had an MRS meeting about this podcast. Oh. <laughs> so they, this is this is one of the agenda items. I you love know? it. Let's, let's make sure we're but ready. Like, but, but if you can think back, like let's say that you were annoyed about the way that dates were being planned or annoyed about how you were communicating in the bedroom. I don't, I don't know. Is there anything that you've worked through because of an MRS meeting like that you can maybe encourage our, our listeners yeah. to have their own MRS. So meetings? I would say like pick a category, mm-hmm. like every single one of the major categories, like financial dates, sexual, all of them have been agenda items. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, there's nothing like mysterious about it. Right. 
these are the kind of things that couples discuss all the time. They just usually do it at 7 p.m. when they both get home from work and they're tired and like feeling a little catty and they say something mm-hmm. and then they see what happens. And we've just found that if you do that, you're going to get in a fight, right? right? And you're not even really, at that point, you're not, you're just trying to bring it up. You're not really trying to resolve something. And so I think we just try to take those, anything that would come up in that kind of conversation and make it an agenda item. And then you're both get mentally prepared right. and you get in a headspace where you're ready to talk about it and work it out. And like, mm-hmm. and you know that you're not, you both come to it knowing you haven't done the, you know, you things aren't working perfectly. Right. Whereas in other situations, you feel like you're being accused. Like, wait, I did something wrong. I just got home from work, you know? Right. And I think like the key also is, and this is just like being good in business, is also taking the emotion out of things and just problem solving. And so this is sort of a formula of how you just take the emotion out of like, you know, like things, if you start, if you, if you let things in, this has definitely happened for us where you'll let things go, go, go. And then all of a sudden there'll be like a blow up fight or something. And this is just a way of literally just coming in with a list of like things that may be something that you just wanted to talk about, but you just didn't, it was just not the right time and say, and taking the emotion out of it and knowing that you're doing what's best for the best for the company, best for the relationship. Um, And so what do you do in an MRS meeting if it's only, it's usually just one person who has a lot of beef. not just not a lot of beef, but like, you know, one person keeps coming to the to the meeting with like, okay, here's what's annoying me. Here's what's annoying me. And this is annoying me. And the other person is like, well, nothing's annoying me. So I think I mean, you know, everyone's different, but I think. Part of part of the point of MRS is that you should be working stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also partially to figure out, do you work well together? Like, is this... Right. I mean, if that's happening, then you have to say, well, maybe there's... Maybe there are permanent things that you're just going to always be annoyed about. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're okay with that. Or maybe that's a sign that it's, that it's not working. Right. You know? For sure. But I also think that's a great thing. Because mm-hmm. you want to push... If the person's not the right person, you want to figure that out. For right. sure. And frankly, all relationships are work. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're madly, like, I, this is the love of my life. And, but it's still work. Like, it's still yeah. like a, and this is the love of mine. <laughs> Anyways, I just think, yeah, no, I, I, I completely it. agree. People ask me on, on Instagram, like, question thing. They'll be like, are you sure that relationships are work? Like, if, isn't it true that if it's, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be so easy? And I'm like, no, it'll never be easy. Like ever. And, and this is before even kids. Like, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be even more difficult. So anyone that says it's easy is, is really delusional. But, um, so you guys are nearing your late thirties in your late thirties. Obviously there was a period of time where you both were single and living the single life. What was the biggest like challenge when you were single? So I have to say, I think it's, this is going to sound biased, but it seems to me it's a lot harder to be a single woman than a single man. I hear a lot, a lot of women tell me like stories of going out and people just say the craziest, most awful things. And I found that being single was fun and nice. And I, you know, if, I had lots of if great... that's true, do you think that that's why men stay single technically longer? Because it's so great? Yeah. 
Uh, maybe. I, I think I have no idea mm-hmm. actually why why men. I, I think maybe they're afraid of committing. I don't mm-hmm. know. And what about you, Megan? Were there any challenges? Yes, being for sure. Um, I'm like, yes. Uh-huh. The, I, so when I was in my 20s, I think that I definitely looked for identity in who I was dating or mm. just like, and I think that that's something that like as you evolve as a woman and that's why I'm like 38 feeling great because there's no shame in like getting older. There's no, I think it's super empowering. And I think that when you're in your 20s or I I mean just at any age, if you're fine, if you're trying to find validation through something else other than yourself, it's, it's like very challenging. And I thought dating in New York was extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was fun. But when you don't yet have your footing on who you are or you're trying to find validation through you know, other people or other things, then that that's it's hard and painful process. Yeah, agreed. What would have been a deal breaker for you as as a single woman? Hmm. Deal breaker. Well, you said you wouldn't want someone who's stupid. Yeah, that was that was a big one for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't. The, my deal breaker was. Uh, I think I. I think it's like people that aren't thinking outside the box mm-hmm. and that aren't innovators because right. my dad was an entrepreneur. So I like me going out with somebody that was very, that kind of wanted the the basic or not basic, but just wanted a simple, more simple life. I think mm-hmm. I, I kind of love the fact that things are hard sometimes as an entrepreneur and complicated yeah, and there's totally. a climb. And then I get to be with a partner who also feels like there's a big climb right. and, and we like get to, rush. yeah, for sure. What about you love? What, what would have been a so deal breaker? I don't, I don't think I really got to the point of deal breakers. Mm-hmm. I think usually for me, there really has to be a spark and usually there just wasn't that. Like I just, you know, you meet people and you feel great about them and you're like, this was really fun. Mm-hmm. And there's just, you don't feel that. Right. You don't with feel With Megan, like that. it was, it was magical. Like it was mm-hmm. a, like, you know, we, we were casual, but even when we were casual, it was magical. Mm-hmm. And it's always been that way. So going back really quickly to being casual, when did you become boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh, Megan. So this was during Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy. Oh, wow. Hurricane Sandy came to town and Megan's parents came to town. And we both had to, we were, we stayed in my apartment the first night and that was in Union Square and then it was closed and we had to leave. And so I went to a friend's house on the Upper East Side, like beautiful. That was like the only place that wasn't infected. I remember. Gossip girl, like, like beyond like like nice town. I don't even know. Like you should come stay with us. It's great. here. Megan said, I think I'm going to stay with my parents in their hotel room. And I thought, oh, the relationship's over. I mean, who would, what, what is going on It's so funny that you bring this up because a, the, the same, I mean, Hurricane Sandy ended one of my relationships too because they didn't want to be together during the hurricane. Right. I and thought, that's, that's a fucking deal breaker. I thought it was yeah. over. So Megan comes like the next day. No, you had two or three days in oh, that beautiful oh. Upper East Side mansion. <laughs> and and I come I come in and it's like day four. It's like the last day of of Hurricane Hurricane Sandy. And literally it's like they're having a model party. There's like all these gorgeous <laughs> girls. And I'm like and then we're it's like in this gossip girl heart house and I come in and I'm like So one of our friends is a is a fashion photographer. Uh-huh. So it was literally like a bunch of models who had been Living there. Had to leave their Soho apartments. Um, 
And we'd been, you know, partying for three or four days. And Megan came in and was like, what is going on Uh here? And then what happened? And then we were in bed that night. And I said, what did I say? So she, you know, she had very strong feelings for me. Mm -hmm. And she was trying to figure out how do I express these feelings in a way that is appropriate. And so she said... You're in love with me, aren't you? Projection, the best way. And I said, Megan, is there something that you want to say to me? <laughs> and? And then she said, I love you. And I said, I love you. Oh. And then, so you never had an official, like, will you be my girlfriend? Will no, and then, girlfriend? actually, we needed to have that conversation, like, a month later. Because Megan kept going on, like, dates with these guys. And I said, I said, all right. The dates are over now. Right. It's That's too, so you unconventional. Said I love you. Like, you never really hear about these casual things that turn into I love yous, that turn into relationships. It's really nice. It was really nice. It's like it gives our listeners hope that their casual thing can, can really become something. Yeah. Like I said, I think if you have something that's casual that has that spark, you should pursue it. If you both feel that spark. Right. Right. But you if have you have something casual that doesn't have it, you should know that it's probably just casual. Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. It is. Some hard. people can be very convincing. Right. With their like fake spark vibes, the fuck boys out there is what we call them. So, Lev, I heard you have an incredible proposal story. Tell me about this and and like what is a pre-proposal? So. You know, I think part of being an entrepreneur, and especially for Megan and I, Mm -hmm. is like this feeling that you want to exceed expectations. And Megan sets expectations very high. We could actually show you a video at some point that I made for her Mm -hmm. where she says, I have very high expectations of myself and I have very high expectations of you and our relationship. And so she had told me, you know, when somebody proposes to me, mm-hmm. it had better be a story. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the kind of thing I want to tell my grandkids. I don't care about my wedding. I want to tell my grandkids about how I got proposed to. Mm-hmm. So I took this as something of a challenge. So we were out in California. We were visiting her brother. And I said, listen, just save the last couple of days for me. I want to do something special with you. And so... So it was the the night before. Megan's the kind of girl who like has to know what's happening all the time. And so she said, "What are we What are we doing tomorrow?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Don't worry about it." She said, "Well, what time do I have to get up?" I said, "You can get up anytime you want. We'll just go whenever you're ready." Really, we actually had to get up at like five in the morning. Right. I knew she wouldn't be able to sit there. Right. So she wakes up at four four a.m. and she's like, "Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's go." So we go into the garage. And I had shipped out all of this hiking gear. Mm -hmm. Megan had never been camping before. So I just start handing her hiking gear. And she's like, what is going on? We start driving north. We were south of San Francisco. So she thinks, oh, we're going, you know, we're going up into uh, like Big Sur Sur or something like that. Where are we going? What's going on? So then I pull into SFO to the airport. Right. And she's like, where are we going? I said, we're going on a hike. In the airport. We're going to go somewhere, like, really beautiful. So we get 
onto the plane. I managed to get her all the way onto the plane without any, without knowing where she was, without going. knowing where she's going. So we, you know, we had like first class t- tickets, so we could just walk right on. Right. I was like distracting her. We walk onto the plane, and they put a lay on her, and they say aloha. Uh, and yeah, so you know, this will be a whatever hour flight to Kauai. Blah blah blah. So we land in Kauai, which is the reason I went to Kauai is because I went there as a kid. And I remember this was like the most beautiful place I'd ever been. Right. I thought if I was going to marry a woman, this is where it would happen. Right. And there's this place called the Nepali Coast, which is just this one of the most incredible hikes in the world. So we get there. I have like a Jeep rented, you know, it's like Jurassic Park style. So Megan changes into her hiking gear on on the Jeep, on the way. Um, and then what happened? And I think I'm going hiking in that we would, because we're, we're both in school at the time. So right. I'm like, there's no way that we're going to, we're gonna, let's camp. We're probably going to camp or something. This is like a crazy right. thing. And then you drive us so up to pull, base camp. So we pull into the St. Regis and she's like, what is this? And I said, this is base camp, baby. <laughs> and so we go into this, it's like a pretty beautiful hotel. It's overlooking the Nepali coast. So it's like across the water, basically. Mm-hmm. And we have a room looking out. And then I start actually like taking apart the camping gear. And so she thinks like, what, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting, we're getting ready to go on this trip to go camping. Right. She's like, but we're staying in this hotel. We should like appreciate. I'm like, no, we're just, this hotel is just a backdrop. Yeah. For this hike. So now she's like, something's going on. Well, obviously, yeah. something's going on. I'd be like, um, I'll take the hotel. Babe. So Thanks. she, so we start going on this hike. She's texting her sister like, he's going to propose to me. Well, oh, my God. I can't believe it. I don't know what she's saying. And I get down on one knee. It's like, this is like one of the most beautiful landscapes in the world. We're looking out on the ocean, and I say, Megan... I just want you to know that when I propose to you, it's going to be a story and you are never going to see it coming. (sighs) And that was the pre-proposal. So that was like... So that was not the official proposal. That was just preparation. That was was like, let's up the stakes. Right. right? Let's let's make... If we're going to make this thing crazy, let's go all out. I mean, that makes... I feel like everyone listening want a pre-proposal. But also, like, I'd be like, okay, well, you're ready on your knees. Like, yeah, let's do the damn thing. Yeah. And at that point, did you have a ring or anything? No, no, no ring. No, mm-hmm. no proposal yet. The proposal was later. The proposal was better. So what? what does that mean? So... You had number two... Well, I don't know if we want to get into all the things that happened, but... I had two pre-proposals and one real proposal. So, that was... So, which one should I tell you? Number two was basically we were on this tech leaders trip in Israel, Mm -hmm. Schusterman. and Yeah, they're amazing. And their last day, he gets up on the mic... And he basically, in front of like the 50 new friends that you've made, right. and he gets up and he starts, you know, telling our pre-proposal story and everyone's like uh-huh. getting so excited. They're like, oh my God, Megan, he's going to propose, he's going to propose, he's going to propose. And he ends up saying, you are not going to know 
when the next again. proposal. Again, oh my god! I said I promise I'm gonna exceed so then, expectations. So then, what was the actual proposal? So the, like, so the actual it, proposal. As far as I know, some, you're not engaged. No, we're engaged. Oh. The actual proposal. We're not. No. Oh, we're not engaged. Because <laughs> we broke up. Oh, we broke up. That's true. That's another thing we have three, to get to. Yeah. And after uh, we got engaged. Why? Get ready. So <laughs> this is the third proposal. Wait, so should I tell the proposal or the breakup story? I've already heard all the proposals. No, no, you missed the biggest the big one. one. Okay. One, and we'll do it very quickly. Okay, so okay. do the big one. So the we'll big one took a lot of planning. Megan goes to these conferences. I we got invited to this summit called the Punta Mita Summit, which was like supposed to be only like 50 people are invited. It's like all expenses paid, blah, blah, blah. So she leaves right after her conference. It's in Mexico. She flies down. There's like a... Um, it's a beautiful invite. There's a beautiful speaker packet. There's actually a website made where you have to log in with a special code. I mean, and like the people, the speakers are crazy. And, and I go, and it's hosted at like one of Gwyneth Paltrow's most like beautiful, famous resorts. And so I go there and then I think I'm going to. So she's like getting dressed, you know, and I'm like, listen, you should really come down. It's really mm -hmm. beautiful. It's almost sunset. And she's upset because she feels like she's not wearing the right thing because they told her she might want to dress up a little bit more. Right. And then she comes down, and and uh, it was playing. We were, I was playing her her theme song from Equinox. <laughs> What's that? It's like one of the Equinox. Anyway, so it was just me, mm -hmm. and I got down on one knee, and I said, "I told you you would never see it coming," and I proposed to her, and there was no conference. I just created the whole thing, the speaker packets, the website. Oh, my the God. Everything. That's hysterical. And it was just to propose to her. And if she said yes, what was the breakup? So then she said yes. And, and we were together for a little while after that. And then we, like, like any like re startup relationship, things got really hard because we were both founders and we took some time and it was, uh, I think so, you know, it's like, like I was saying about these MRS meetings, you were asking like, what happens if like right. one person is just annoyed all the time right. or something? I think we were looking at our relationship and there were things that were really frustrating and we just felt like it wasn't working. And mm -hmm. we did some things to like really try, like we loved each other deeply. We mm -hmm. really both loved each other. And we would get into these fights and we're like, we can't get into these fights. Like no, right. we want this relationship to be a beautiful thing. It can't be the kind of thing where we both feel like hurt or in pain after. Right. And so, and we just, and we couldn't figure out, we're like, I don't know. I don't know how to make this so that we're not doing that. Right. And I think the biggest thing is we both wanted to grow into like into the best people we could possibly be. And I think part of it was we were so enmeshed and so so we were just it was so different when we were in school and we were so dependent on each other. And then coming out into, you know, into our next phase of our careers and also being entrepreneurs, I think we almost need to find our own identities for a year and mm -hmm. like really come into our own and understand like understand what our life would be without the other person. And so I have something for you. We met at Acme over six years ago. 
And so I find it fitting that we start here on this podcast telling the world about our journey as a couple, as founders, and as humans who have profoundly changed for the better because we met each other. I know the road of our relationship was much like a startup, with so many lessons on humility, growth, and perseverance. Lev, I want you to know how special you are, how you continue to inspire me by your tireless work ethic, your deep integrity, and your mission to use your genius to innovate on the complex tech problems so you can leave this world a better place. More than that, I love you for you. You are truth. You are the real deal. You never overpromise, yet you consistently over, way over deliver. I love you for the way that you love nature, how you want to save the bees, <laughs> how you take care of our male cat named Barbara, and how you taught her to sit, stand, and roll on command. I love you because of your hilarious accents. The swarthy Spaniard, the intense Israeli, the French man, who I swear, if you're not careful, I could run off to Paris with. I love you for your dancing, how we match each other's spastic moves, and our own oh-so-animated facial expressions. I love you because you were the first man who really saw me for me. Ugh. You were the first person who told me that I was going to be the most beautiful 90-year-old and that you loved The Megan Show. You were the first man who just got me. And we just got each other from the start. We saw each other's brilliance before anyone else did. I loved you from the day our eyes first met across the tables at Acme. You were the most uniquely eccentric, fascinating human I've ever met. No matter what happens, I have everything in this world because... I get to be with you. You honor me every day and support me on my own entrepreneurial road less traveled. So with that, I would like to return the favor of all those elaborate proposals you made to me years ago. Today is the first of your pre-proposals. You are on notice that this is happening. All of it. If you will have me for this first phase of our eccentric elaborate proposal story, you will make me the happiest woman in the world. And I have a, it's not a ring, but. <laughs> I love you. I will. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I I'm so the journey continues. <laughs> and thank you, Lindsay, because your podcast, like there is no other podcast that I could ever I, I like don't our have children. My podcast ends today. <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever experienced. I'm so happy for you guys. Can we hug it out? Oh, wait, and hold this. I have something for you. It might make a big mess. But. Did you have any idea? No. Whoa. I did not expect this, though. Okay, we're all doing a cheers. Yes! This is for you. I love it. This is for you. Woo! Woo! Amazing!
<laughs> to the first of many. Yes. Oh my god, this is like a whole new series. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, right? Thank you guys so much for listening to this very special episode. <laughs> my heart is totally full and this is so beautiful. Is this the date? Yeah, when we met at Acme. <laughs> and it says Lionheart, which is Lev's name in Hebrew, right? In or Hebrew, the meaning of your heart, name. And in Russian it's lion. There you go. I love it. Thank you so much, Megan, for bringing this into my world and like I'm just so grateful to have you both on today. This is the most special episode yet. So thank you guys. And we usually end our episodes with a quote. So give us a quote. It can be from both of you. Wow. Now, now I feel like, now, you know, I, you put us on the spot the whole time. It worked out so well. Uh-huh. Now we're at the very end. Uh-huh. I don't know what to say. Find the person who just gets you. Yeah. I think that's the theme of this episode and the theme of your speech. If, if there's anything to take away, it's it's that. And I think it's so special. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Where so can much. everyone find you and check out your company and follow you? So no one can check out River yet, but no one. we're gonna be we're gonna be releasing it this summer. So Amazing. And uh, you can check out FounderMade um, at FounderMade on Instagram and foundermade.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. This has been amazing. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this incredible proposal episode. I was seriously tearing up like I was pretty much crying, Um, but I really hope you enjoyed it. And I want to remind you that we have two incredible shows coming up June 17th at City Winery Chicago. Get your tickets, please. The links are on Instagram. If you have any questions, just shoot me a DM on how to buy a ticket there or Google City Winery Chicago and search for June 17th. And then our other really great event is at the Bowery Ballroom July 10th. They're both panels. The one in Chicago, we have an amazing group of people. We've got two great guys and two great girls, a few people in the food space, in the influencer space, and just really all around great people. In New York, we've got Nick Vial. We've got Alyssa Coscarelli. We've got Tori Piskin. And we've got the CEO of Hinge. You really don't want to miss out. So definitely check it out and get some tickets for the Bowery Ballroom one. Just Google Bowery Ballroom. We met at Acme and the link should pop up. If you have any questions, let me know. And I hope to see you guys at the shows. All right. Bye.